Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers, where theatrical people play roleplaying games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this studio production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories, for your entertainment and ours. And we use roleplaying games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This is Act 1 of The Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas Special, one of our studio productions. The studio is where we experiment with new formats, new role-playing games, and new genres of story. In this production we're playing The Andromeda Ward, a game by Chloe Mascheter, illustrated by Gerald McDermott, and supplementing our play with the Script Change Consent and Safety Toolbox by Bo Yarger-Sheldon. You can find the Andromeda Ward and other games by Chloe Mashter at rollflipdraw.co.uk and the Script Change Toolbox at brebo.com slash scriptchange. You don't need to be caught up on anything else we've produced to jump into the Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas special. In fact, all our productions tell a complete story. So if you enjoy this one and you want to try something else we've done, just find any episode with Act 1 in the title, and you'll be able to jump in there. If you haven't already, you should go back and grab last week's backstage episode before diving into this one. We always release a new act of our current production every other week, with backstage episodes to keep you going through the weeks in between. Normally the backstage episodes are optional bonuses that give you a peek behind the scenes, but because of the way the Andromeda Ward works, you'll really be missing out if you skip them this time. As long as you're all caught up, please take your seats in the studio. Tonight's production is about to begin. The Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas Special, a Merely Role Players studio production, Act 1 of 2. The Andromeda Ward used to air at 4.30am on BBC Radio 4. Only six episodes of this paranormal hospital melodrama were ever broadcast. Some consider this a tragedy. The programme was cancelled on the same day recording was supposed to begin on Series 2, Episode 1, which was billed as a Christmas special of sorts. The scripts for this episode have long since been lost, but some fans believe a version of the episode was recorded before the cancellation came through, and that the recording still exists somewhere, waiting to be found. The Andromeda Ward Series 2, Episode 1. Trust me, Slimer Doctor. Scene 1 is uh, an introduction scene. This is a scene between Reese Haplock, radiologist, and Jemima Jones. Now, this is the first scene of the episode, so uh, this is to establish general information about their characters, reintroduce them to people who've been away since Series 1, 
and uh, use the B plot that. Uh, birthday card that you need to get everybody in the hospital to su- to sign. That is the major conflict of this scene. No major story beats in this one to be aware of. Uh, and of course, as you'll see in your scripts, this scene takes place in the hospital graveyard. Reese has the uh, the opening monologue for this scene. So, uh, in your own time, take it away and action. I've been searching for Jemima for most of the morning. Who'd have thought I'd find the temp in the in the graveyard of all places? But that's where I was informed she would be. One of the men who works in the uh, mailroom, Jesus Christ, has a birthday coming up. And I uh, need to get everybody to sign the card. But the question is... Will I be able to keep it a secret from Jesus himself? Ah, Jemima, there you are. Sorry, Ron, I'm going to do that again. It was a bit... bit brash. Ah, Jemima, there you are. Good morning. What brings you here? I know you haven't spent a lot of time here, but I really do need everybody, and I mean everybody, on the ward to sign this card. I mean, surely not me. I'm I'm just the temp. Nobody even knows what I do here. Uh, don't do yourself down, Jemima. It's difficult work being a temp on, on the ward. It's dangerous. What do you mean, dangerous? You must have noticed, even in your short time here, that strange things happen. I mean, look where you are. <laughs> yes, I mean... I thought maybe the hospital graveyard would just be, you know, for the odd hospital um, cat or pet gerbil, but um, it it's enormous. And these seem to be very human names, apart from uh, Mr. Fluffles over there. Mr. Fluffles was the radiologist before me. Oh, I'm I'm terribly I'm terribly he was sorry. A great was, man. Was he your friend? He was like a father to me. I'm surprised there are so many crickets here. I didn't know that. Th- we had them in uh, Bristol. I think it might be some sort of an omen, but uh, I've never heard them here before. Anyway, I really must get along. You must sign the card, Jemima. Okay, sure. I will just brandish my pen and sign it now. Uh, you don't want to sign it with that scratchy thing. I have an array of uh, stationery that would be more appropriate to accentuate your... Beautiful hand. Sure. Okay. Um, He's got all kinds. It's like a, it's like a dip pen. <laughs> Reese Haplock pulls an antique fountain pen and a pot of ink out of one of the pockets of his capacious lab coat. And at this moment, if we were on TV, there would be a close-up of, of Reese and Jemima's faces looking very intensely at each other and then another of just very close up of her hand and her writing I wish you well Jemima and cut end of scene one very good we're off to a fantastic start stunning scene two is uh, introducing the rest of our main cast so uh, can I have Riff Avril, 
and Dante to the mics, please. This is, once again, re-establishing all of your three characters for audience members who have had a little time away since series one. This scene will end with the entrance into our story of the air plot, the hyperintelligent slimes and the top secret government agents. But just wait for me for that. Focus on B-plot mainly. That is the that is your character's main priority in this epi- in this scene. And this scene, of course, takes place in the staff break room. So, interior, hospital staff break room, black mould in the corners of the ceiling, coffee machine that can only do jet fuel, cannot do a normal coffee. In this scene are Brett Buckingham, Nancy Kent, and a patient at the hospital, S.D. Nim. The uh, opening monologue for this scene is, of course, from our uh, the one person who um, does not usually belong in the staff room of the hospital, uh, i.e. the patient, acting as our audience surrogate. So uh, if you could take it away, Dante, with the opening monologue for scene two. Of course. <clears throat> take one. After years stuck in this Bermuda Triangle hell of a hospital, I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like I'm about to crack the case. Something nefarious is going on in this hospital, and I'm going to find out what. And not only will I find out what's going on in this hospital, dear listener, but I will win... All the awards for my years of work and education and, thank God, for free British healthcare. And my mysterious donor who has kept everything going behind the scenes. Oh, but we must be careful, dear listener, that no one catches on. I am running out of fake diseases to come up with, so as to not to be discharged, of course. And I feel like, for some reason, especially today... The attention is focused on me. Um, what's his name? That... Riss. Riss, that's his name. Riss. He seems very intent on approaching everyone and asking them to sign a piece of paper that seems a little... sus. I must investigate. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, doctor? 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 Apologies. <coughs> this cough is just... <coughs> uh, n- n- not COVID, I promise. <clears throat> Brett Buckingham jumps through the window. It's okay, I'm here. Good morning, Dr. Redgrave. Can I interest you in it's one Mr. of the... Mr. Redgrave. Sam- I'm a surgeon. Sorry, Mr. Redgrave. Uh, can I interest cut, you cut, in... Cut, 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 cut. It's uh, actually Mr. Buckingham. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, I know, I know the name carries a lot of weight, but we really oh. must, we must stick with. You know. I know it's my fault. I'm so sorry. I had um, a little, I had a little fluff. No worries, well no worries. Just re- reset and go from uh, "Hello, Mr. Buckingham." Of course, <clears throat> little rusty. <clears throat> Good morning, Mr. Buckingham. Uh, can I interest you in any of the sandwiches from the canteen this morning? No, you may not. I've brought my own. What about this nice cooked ham over there I'll put it on the side table? 
No, I will smash open this box of ham sandwiches that I have brought. Very well. Um, 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 uh, Nancy? Hi. Uh, I wouldn't mind a little of that food. I have to admit, the patient's, um, offering is not quite as enticing. Would that be okay? <laughs> Good morning, uh, Miss Nim. Uh, it's not usual for you to be in here. You're normally in the ward. Um, well, my instructions are that these are for the doctors and surgeons. Um... <coughs> I, suppose I could give you a, a cheese and mustard. How about some of those pigs in blankets over there? Surely we can spare one or two of those. The reason that SD Nim was in the staff break room that morning was because she had received a mysterious message saying that there was something in the break room that she needed to sign. On the trolley with the staff sandwiches, poking out from under a tray was clearly visible the corner of a birthday card. Well, I will just um, pick a couple and and be on my way. I was just on my um, daily stroll, you know, trying to keep fit and nimble so I can get out of here, finally, after uh, eight years. Um, I'll just um, head over there, if if you don't mind. Oh, by the way, does anyone have a pen? I just had this brilliant idea, and I feel like I should... Uh, noted down on the back of my hand. Well, well yes, Miss Nim, if you follow me over here into my my, my, my craft wardrobe, uh, which I keep by the fridge, uh, I have a selection of Sharpies and gel point pens in various glittery colours. Which would you like? I, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I, I have a condition that makes choosing things very difficult um it's it's one of my my many issues um any anyone will do i shall give you this bright green rollerball oh lovely it's so slimy <laughs> um yes. i'll just head over to the sandwiches and uh, and um and and pick one scene 2.1 an unknown location the inside of a government surveillance van. Two agents watch screens and listen on big headphones. One turns to the other and says, We have located the centre of the outbreak, sir. It appears to be centred on this hospital. They point to a map. At the centre of the map, circled in red, is our hospital, where our main characters spend all of their safe and happy days. The other agent says, Dispatch a team. Contain the outbreak. And cut! All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compere. Gently but firmly reminding you all that the mask goes over your nose as well. While we carefully turn the tape over for the next scene, let's take a quick look at the programme, shall we? If you're a regular in our audience, you'll have noticed a couple of things that are different about this production. For one thing, the backstage episodes aren't backstage in our usual sense of doing character creation and talking as ourselves about the game. The Andromeda Award makes this distinction between filming, or in in our case recording, when you play out an episode of the Andromeda Award, 
and production when you play out the discussions between the characters and the director while the cameras or mics supposedly aren't running. Plus, the game also has this optional set of rules for behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast of the episode. And that distinction just mapped so perfectly onto our usual one between story acts and backstage episodes that it didn't seem to make sense to do it any other way. The downside, if there is one, is that you don't get as much commentary on the game mechanics from us, the real people playing the game, but it's a pretty improv-heavy game, so there wouldn't have been much to talk about anyway. The other thing you might notice is that I've cut out nearly all the dice rolls this time. I left the ones that I used to generate the plot of the episode and the locations for the scenes, but I cut out all the rolls that the others made to see if their actions succeeded or failed. Basically, I wanted to preserve the idea that you're listening to a recording of some people making a radio play, and hearing us roll dice to see what happens next didn't really fit with that, especially when we keep talking about having scripts. Plus, I never really figured out how in character to be when calling for the dice, or who exactly I was asking to roll, the player, the actor, or the character. I reckoned if I was that bamboozled recording it, it might end up being a confusing listen as well, so I cut the lot for simplicity. So rest assured that when you hear Ron describing the characters failing miserably at something, that isn't me no-butting the players, it's just me following the dice. Not much else to announce today, and it looks like the team's finished carefully turning the tape over, so please return to your seats in the studio as we continue the Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas special, Act 1 of 2. How's everybody feeling? A bit rusty. Um, (laughs) Yes, I'm so sorry. I I think I missed a cue there for the folia. I I apologise. I'll I'll be sure to do better. How was the accent? All uh, all sounding right to my ears. And uh, I mean, we can bring you back for the uh, post-production session. uh, If you you obviously can't can't, um, can't pay you for that time, but... uh, Right. I'll then have to do my best. Can't believe how useful... Sorry. Oh, please. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, darling, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I cannot believe I used your real name, Riff, darling. <laughs> that has to go in an outtakes. We must uh, yes. do an outtakes video. The public would adore it. <laughs> yes, would. it's always I know, the best I mean, bit. There's going to be so many of these uh, episodes. I'm sure there's there's plenty of comedy to uh, to mine from our little whoopsies. <laughs> A plethora. But, uh, the, yes, indeed. Very, very, very funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shall we? Um, shall we? Shall we move on, Ron? Let's keep up the energy. Keep up the keep up momentum. Scene three: investigations and discoveries. In this scene, we bring our entire cast of main characters together. Now that they've all been introduced, in this scene, you come across proof of the slimes, and you begin to learn about them. This scene, of course, takes place in a speedboat. It is a seaside hospital. We have ext- established that in the previous series. It is yes, in Bristol. Yes, that one with the crabs. That one with the crabs. Yes, with the uh, giant yes. crabs in Bristol Harbour. Yes. And uh, this is uh, the first scene where we begin paying off some of our characters' story beats. So this story beat belongs to Dante to SD Nim. So uh, Dante, this is, of course, the scene where whilst tackling a challenge, 
you make an unexpected and unlikely recovery from uh, whatever it is that SDNIM is suffering from. So make sure to work that in. Uh, and the opening <laughs> monologue for scene three goes to Jemima, the temp. And action. It was just another day in the office, or rather um, the hospital's um, speedboat. But, you know, these are, these are strange times. Everybody, um, all of my friends were there. We'd all just had a lovely lunch of pigs in blankets and mince pies. And we were left pondering, what will the rest of the day bring? Will it be peaceful? Will it be full of comfort and joy? Or something more sinister? Brett bugging her parachutes onto the speedboat, does a roll and jumps to his feet. This wasn't the place he expected to do surgery today, but it would have to do. Reese, you... Radiologist, you. Press those buttons over there. Porter, bring me my cleaver. Done. Uh, Sue, Sue Day Nim, today, maybe we'll finally get you out of here. Temp, do your, I don't know, drive the boat. Here we go, everybody. Uh, absolutely. Wait, 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 wait. Is this surgery happening on me? What? No, no, it's happening near you. Oh, but right. It, it, this is it, it, we we had like the, the diagnosis of your phantom illness, where it, the illness itself is separate Actually, from your body. Uh, uh, and this, doctor, this not, sort not, of surgery not, is pioneering, but doing it next to you may help. Uh, I just have to kind of pretend. Okay, first of all, let me just clarify: um, fibrolupasthenia gravis is, is not a phantom disease; it's a very serious condition. Um, so, I would appreciate some empathy on that end. Secondly, I would point out that I'm not on this ship by accident. As you know, I I I, I briefly borrowed a a pen from our lovely temp here uh, um, a little while ago, and. I don't know, something about the color of the ink uh, was incredibly enticing. And then I realized there were little spots of green, slimy blobs all over the hospital leading to this boat, which is why I am personally here right now. I would much rather be in my hospital bed just watching um, today's soap. So I'm just going to hide over there in the cu cu cupboard thing um, under, under I, I don't know how to, I don't know boat names. So just underneath everything else. Uh, how do you call the inside of a boat? I don't, okay. Yes, I'm just going to hide now. Okay, you, yes, good luck. Well, no ordinary surgeon could perform surgery without a patient, but damn it, I'm going to give it a good go. Before you begin, you'll have to sign this card. It'll be my pleasure. I mean, anything we can do, it's, uh, it's awful when you have a, a birthday on a significant holiday like Jesus. Getting all those presents must be a pain. I bet some people just buy him one. Give it here. Don't use the slimy pen. Oh, I, I, I never use pens. I use my hands to sign things. Hiya. As the speedboat carves a white crest across Bristol Harbour, the sound of a helicopter can be heard approaching the hospital. Sudanim attempts to find somewhere on speedboat to hide from the helicopter. 
but there are no hiding places, except perhaps under Brett Buckingham's operating table. But this being a makeshift speedboat operating table, it, it does not hide much. The helicopter is now hovering over speedboat. The helicopter is black, unmarked. I don't think that looks good. I'm going to try and steer the boat away from the helicopter. Just hold, please, everybody. I'm going to use try and use telekinesis to move the water out of the way to get away from the helicopter faster. The water parts in front of the speedboat, creating a clear path, a clear channel, almost like a trough for the speedboat to, to speed down. And as it water parts, you see a layer under the surface of the clear blue water of Bristol Harbour. There is a layer of thick green slime, which, as the water is parted, begins to reach out towards a boat. Oh, oh God! Hang on, I know, I'll get me mop. Dear listener, I think, I think we've got it. I think we're almost there. This situation is a little bit, a little bit complicated and I'm sure confusing, but uh, trust me, it'll all make sense in the end. Um, SDNIM, out. Let me just open my haversack here that I, I brought along. Uh, it has lots of foldable tools. I might be able to mop, mop the slime away for us. So in this bit, you can imagine that um, Nancy is, um, we're seeing every, all the action from her perspective and it's jumbly, like a Blair Witch Project style aesthetic. So it's like tense and confusing. I hope, I hope that helps everybody. I'm assembling my slot together mop as quickly as I can and I'm trying to leap off the boat to get to the slime. But amusingly, my mop catches in one of the rungs of the rails and I flip around it in a weird sort of gymnastics act and end up falling into the slime. Oh, Nancy! Reese, do something! Brett! Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yes, you did. Help me. Coming, yes. Come on, Reese. We may only be highly trained medical professionals, but I'm sure we can do something about this situation. Quick, ride this crab down to the slime with me. Right behind you. Well, to the side of me, I suppose, because we're on a crab. <laughs> go, Pincer, go! Ah! <laughs> Oof! I appear to have fallen. Hang on a minute. What's that stain? <laughs> oh, no, it's slime. It's slime. It's, that was expected. <laughs> Comes right off. Well, mostly. I can move it from my lab coat to my hand and from my hand back to the lab coat with relative ease. Buckingham, Haplock and Kent have all taken a dunk in the slimy Bristol Harbour waters. Those left on speedboat hear a voice. That wasn't a very intelligent thing to do, was it? Huh? Did anyone hear... else? Yeah, did you mm. Did you hear that? Sometimes yes, I, I hear voices, so I'm not sure if this is uh, me too. a or or actually real life. I thought it was me just not being very intelligent. The voice appears to be coming from the slimy and green ink slash slime filled pen 
left by the porter on the deck of the ship of the speedboat. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Well, um d- d- one second. I'm just going to bring out my little um recorder. <clears throat> Dear listener, it seems we have made contact. I'm going to try and communicate with this entity. This 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 slime inside a pen. Um see where that leads. If you don't hear back from me, it has been an honor. SD out. Um Hello? 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 Um, how are you doing today? You could not possibly comprehend how I am doing. I am a hyper-intelligent slime. Oh, right. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to make polite conversation. Um... We can't talk here. It's too exposed. Right. Okay. Um, um... Okay, um, Jemima. Any, yeah, any any suggestion? I mean, you're 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 the temp, right? You do you do stuff with? Oh um, yeah. I mean, pen. we live to improvise it, so it, it's going to be absolutely fine. You try and charm the pen, and I will um, throw this rope down and rescue my colleagues from the sea. Sure. Maybe maybe you can sing the pen a song. Right. Okay. Perhaps um, a song pertinent to this time of year. Okay. I um oh, I I know. I know. I know. See, I mm, I know what to do. Just give me one minute if <laughs> um I have these little Okay, this might I I don't know if it'll work. Just try uh, whatever you can, just... darling. I'm sure yes. everything will work out well. Jemima throws the rope down to rescue her submerged and slimy colleagues with her incredible temp strength Jemima Jones hauls all three of her submerged colleagues back onto deck of of a speedboat we're covered in this stuff and okay there's no accounting for the smell laddie thank you so much Miss Jones that's no trouble at all. I'll just get my power hose, which I keep also in my haversack over here, and I'll wash everyone down. Terrific. I will get back to the uh, boat equivalent of the wheel and um, steer us home to the hospital. Meanwhile, I'm just going to sing dulcet tones not at all related to the season to the pen to keep it uh, calm until we reach the hospital which I hope will be a more agreeable place to have a chat with it (laughs) yeah don't worry yes I'm just singing to this pen because yeah (laughs) <laughs> he this, felt a little agitated this music it's so I never imagined that such a sub-intelligent race could create such a thing I will grant you a hyper-intelligent slime boon by this point it had been so many years of me faking ludicrous and sometimes realistic diseases that the lines have become blurry and I didn't no longer know what was real and fake was I actually sick? Was it I not sick? Was the cough in my head? Was the tickling all in my mind? And yet suddenly, 
as this little slimy pen started vibrating in my hands and 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 a, a soft light emitting from it i felt like all the aches real and imaginary all the hardships and all the little kinks in the body just melted away and for a moment i felt like that young writer again full of dreams and passion and energy not that scaredy broken wreck that I had become in this hospital, and I knew, I knew the answer was about to be mine. Cut. End of scene. I've got chills. I've got goosebumps. Darling. New writers for this series. Goodness, that was quite something. Beautiful oh, yeah, delivery yeah. there, Dante. Well done, darling. Thank you, thank you. I think all the all the uh, method, uh, creative writing, uh, and joining the guild of uh, British writers and all that has uh, paid off. Stanislavski knew what he was talking about. Excellent, excellent. Let's go straight into scene four: threats and risks. In this scene, the characters will be directly threatened or attacked and must defend themselves. And this scene takes place in the abandoned ward. A good place for a conversation, secret conversation. This is the scene where Nancy Kent finally reveals her secret past and uses her related skills to single-handedly dispatch enemy forces. And appropriately, Nancy also has the opening monologue. And action. This part of the hospital was always abandoned. It had never been used as far as the history of the hospital was to be accounted for. The silence lay heavy on the corridors as we made our way to the private area at the back of the ward to have a discussion about what had just occurred on the boat. The air was thick with anticipation and fear, a slight smell of mildew growing stronger the deeper we walked. The question was, what did the slime want? Anyone thirsty? I've brought some cans of iron brew with me. Oh, that's good. I've got my ice maker over here as well. Mm, the nation's favourite iron brew. Brett Buckingham drives the boat through the wall, entering the scene. I'll have one of those, if you don't mind. Of course you will. It's the nation's favourite. Absolutely. Glug, glug, glug. Now, what's all this about some talking pen? Oh, uh, I guess that's my cue. <laughs> um, I am not a pen, thank you very much. I am a hyper-intelligent slime. I just happen to be contained in this pen currently. Doesn't seem like an intelligent place to be for a hyper-intelligent slime. I wouldn't expect a lower being to understand. Okay, well that does sound like something a hyper-intelligent bit of slime would say. Touché, slime! Touché. I guess it's time for us to play some checkers. Oh, there's no board and there's no hand and this is abandoned, so perhaps not now. But uh, so what's the deal? What's the deal with the pen? I am playing three-dimensional checkers in my brain right now. I, I 
Are you winning or is is uh, is, is Brett winning? It is it is it is a surprisingly close fought thing. I didn't even know I was playing. God, I'm good. Miss Nim, do you mind if I have a look at that pen? Oh, please. I just yeah, sh- oh, almost dropped it. No, <laughs> whoopsie! But I I've got me mop. Sorry, Mister Slime. Ah, uh, here you go. Thank you very much. I'm just gonna just gonna walk and stand at the back. <laughs> it's it's funny, you know. Uh, Sorry to speak out of turn, uh, doctors, misters, missus. Um, I've never seen this pen before, and I've got quite the collection of pens in my pen wardrobe. And I I don't think I've ever owned one this colour before. And I can't help feeling that it's been planted there. And it's reminding me of something. Or it could just be, it could be a festive gift. I mean, after all, it does have googly eyes and a little red and white hat. Tis very glittery. Nothing to worry about. I'm sure everything's fine. Everyone has talking pens, surely. (laughs) I'm just going to take it. Cut, cut, I've noticed some people going slightly off script. I uh, let it be when it started creeping in with the Foley last scene. But... uh, I know that you have license, Hetty, to uh, bring in your sponsor, but uh, that is the only consumerism I will tolerate in this production. None of this talking about gifting, none of this talking about the the gift-giving holiday that we do not name that will not creep into this production under my watch, understand? But what do you mean? I thought this this um, episode was set in the season of the heart, the special time of caring, the season of good cheer. Also, please do not forget, dear Ron, uh, there is a birthday um, happening, uh, I believe, in storyline B. And, and just to keep, you know, sprinkling that in, uh, b- presents are part of birthdays. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. It was about the birthday B plot. Of course, of course, Obviously, right, darling. I yeah. understand. Wait, I apologise. I spoke else. out of turn. <laughs> Absolutely. Forget I said anything. Uh, recommence. Action. Uh, uh, Doctor Haplock, um, may I use your torch device thingy that you have for looking in people's eyes? I have three. Take your pick. I'll I'll have uh, this one that's uh, pink, please. Thank you. And I'm just going to shine it on this this pen because, oh, friends, I have to reveal something to you. I've seen this before. I'll tell you a short story. Listeners, listen carefully. This might be it. I've not always been a porter, you see. Uh, My name's... Not even really Nancy Kent. <gasps> Shocking. Good She's going to have Lord. to sign the card again. My name is... My name is Julianne. Dun, dun, dun. Used to work on the black market. I rang a gang of, of traders, you see. And I've seen this before. The first time I saw it, I was on the docks. had a stall. It was a silent night. Was it a pen store? I was selling illegal goods, Jemima. Selling illegal goods. How can pens be illegal? Who are you? I don't understand. Leave that for another time. All I can say is, I got myself out of there. It was a violent and dangerous business. 
And I've been in witness protection ever since I've been working in this hospital, but I cannot keep silent anymore. This is a very dangerous slime. I've seen it do terrible things. So in this moment, for our delightful listeners at home, we would have been slowly panning round the room, looking at the faces of all the characters. But we'd have been doing this from slightly above Avril's head. So you would just get the top of her hairline and then everybody's um, confused and shocked expressions. I suggest we find out what it wants now. Okay then, Slime. Lay it on the line. What do you up to this time? It appears you all know too much. I thought I could trick you into doing my dark bidding. But this one seems to know me already. So I'll just have to destroy you all. And Slime begins to pour from the casing of the pen more than could possibly fit in there. It takes strange, incomprehensible forms, impossible to represent in a visual medium, but very effective in an audience imagination, audio medium. And they begin to writhe throughout the abandoned ward and viciously attack our characters. Judd grabs two bottles of uh, correcting fluid off a belt bites the caps off them and just chucks them into the growing mass of slime. Who, who does? Does Judd do that or does Reese do that? Reese, sorry, sorry, Ron. Uh, yes. No, it's easy. It's, I mean, I, I totally get it, Judd. It's, it's the character of the actor. It's so it easy to do. Can be a blurry line. Can be a blurry line. My fault. I got. I. I. I crossed the line in the script. Clearly, you're just. I. I identify you so so clearly with the character, Judd. It's like you're one person. It's, uh, Truly is uncanny. Very good of you to say. I have poured my heart and soul into the character, Ron, and you, you know that. Um, anyway, uh, let's get back to it. Yes, action. And Reese Haplock bites the caps off these correcting fluid grenades and chucks them immediately into the air. Uh, what he perceives as ink. Green gel pen ink. And surreptitiously, um, Esty is going to chuck a few little vials of shiny pink magenta kind of 1970s psycho-looking liquid at the slime. Um, th- this is the, the, the poison that we talked about her carrying around that hasn't been introduced in the story yet, but, you know, it'll come up eventually. So, yeah, she's going to go ahead and um, undo that. The combination of correcting fluid and poison mixes with the hyperintelligent slime, creating a toxic concoction that renders it momentarily inert, giving our heroes just enough time to flee the scene. Run, I guess. Absolutely. Quick, through this wall. Everyone, get on my scooter. I think this would all be showing if um, if it were for a film, we would be showing everything in a hyper, super slow motion just to really build the tension of the characters running away. Wonderful. Lots of billowing lab coats and the like. Absolutely. And cut. End of scene. Oh, I'm really feeling the 
the the conflict and the action and the magic. The pace is really beginning to, to, to build now, isn't it? This has been the Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas Special, a studio production from Merely Role Players, starring Matt Boothman as Ron Barnes and Julian's Mermbley, Helen Stratton as Hetty Braithwaite playing Jemima Jones, Chris McLennan as Judd Talisker playing Reese Haplock, radiologist, Ellen Gould as Avril Sterling Bow playing Nancy Kent, Strat as Riff Redgrave playing Brett Buckingham, and Marta De Silva as Arizona Muse, aka Dante, playing SD Nim. The theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst, and the episode was edited and produced by Matt Boothman. We were playing The Andromeda Ward, a role-playing game by Chloe Mashter, illustrated by Gerald McDermott, and supplemented by the script change toolbox by Bo Yaga Sheldon. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on! Helen, Hetty, Jemima, make us a roll. Am I doing one or two? Uh, 1d6 or two if you are using a skill for something other than what it would be useful for. What skills do you have again? Disguises, touch typing and telekinesis. I'm going to use try and use telekinesis to move the water out of the way to get away from the helicopter faster. I like that. Roll 2d6. <laughs> That's the trouble with a speedboat is that the water's in the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's best to have, it's best to have no water ahead of you at all. Mm. <laughs> okay, I got six. Excellent.